Joey, it's been a while since we podcasted together. Um, it has. The last time we podcasted, we were doing in the menus, and that was uh, that was quite a while ago. It was a very long ass time ago. It's a good thing. I'm excited to be recording again. Um, right now, it is just uh, me and you. Uh, we do have Chop that we plan on bringing on board. It's our he's good been, friend Chop, nicknamed Poke Chop. Yeah, he's he's busy doing things today, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, this is, I guess, what more a so, loser. This is, I guess, more so of a test <laughs> than anything else. But I'm excited, and this is this is I've missed podcasting, so this is a uh, this is a good thing for me. Yeah, this is been something I've been wanting to do again for a while now and now that we're actually able to do it again especially now we have a better mic and a better computer to go off of it's pretty exciting yeah and I mean I can't promise weekly updates we do live in different cities now yeah but we're luckily not too far away from each other so that kind of it ends up being okay um also we, helps that we have like a good place to sleep in case we do come down here. Yeah, yeah, can, so. yeah. And now we have a now there's a couch at the apartment, so that definitely <laughs> beats sleeping on the floor. Um, but this is good. I mean, we're kind of been considering our options and how we're going to handle and tackle our podcasts, and our format is probably going to change a little bit from what yeah. uh, we did before uh, within the menus. Um, how we're not even sure. Of a surefire name for this podcast yet? Yeah, right now, like the that was like the first thing that came to mind, and it kind of sounds okay, but we're gonna kind of mess around with any other names that we can think of. And just so everybody knows, I never said the name, but Joey just. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's called the chopping block. Yeah. So that's this is just gonna be our. Uh, I would figure around. that they would be smart enough to read the title <laughs> of the file. So, but I don't know. I've been proven wrong before. Uh, so this is this uh, the chopping block would be our uh, weekly kind of uh, news podcast. So nothing in particular, kind of movies, video, uh, video games, games tabletop. tabletop, anything, uh, anything new that's going on. We kind of want to talk about it in this podcast. So to all our fans who are still in Germany and Russia and Korea, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure they'd be stoked that we're back. <laughs> Those, those four or five fans we had. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be very exciting. Yeah, but either way, I mean, it just... We have these conversations in person all the time, so we might as well just record them and yeah. put them out there. I mean, yeah, if nobody listens to them, I really don't care. Yeah, me either. It's just so, kind of fun to do. Um, you know what? Let's uh, get started. Uh, this week, and because I guess it's more so a test, it won't be very long, but this week uh, we got a teaser and official announcement for Black Ops 3, which I know... You're not the biggest Call of Duty fan, and technically I'm not either. But I mean, Call of Duty—it's just—I feel like it's ran its course because there's just so many Call of Duty games. It's hard to mention. Like they, like for a while, they were like coming out like every year. They like, still are coming out every year. Okay, see, this is how how much I've just like not kept up with them because like it feels like it's been a while since I've seen anything about Call of Duty game. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um before they were on the schedule of they had two studios uh they had two years to create every game so one year uh they would have x studio come out with one yeah the next year the other studio would come out with one and then it would just repeat itself now they have three studios so now we're in a three year jesus uh you know making of a game which makes sense with how big games are getting and you know the amount of detail and uh, you I mean, know you the graphics. Shoot, and all these things. You can only shoot things so much. 
you only kill so many terrorists and so many Russians at a time that you just kind of get sick and tired of it. I mean, like, I, like, I like first-person shooters. I do. They were kind of like the bread and butter, like, when I was, you know, getting into uh, gaming on the PC and everything. But... Just thinking about it, though, like it's just a lot of repetition because you just like all we have is you know Call of Duty, we have Battlefield, and then what else do we got? Halo. I mean, Halo. There's there's different games out there, but they're essentially all the same formula. And I know people are going to complain and say like Battlefield is nothing like Call of Duty, and Halo is nothing like either of them. But it's the same thing you're doing in each game. Battlefield may be a little more realistic and kind of slower paced than a Call of Duty, but it's still... But when you only have like three different shooter games that are kind of cornering the market, it kind of gets boring after a while. I mean, I think that's the reason why Bioshock was such a big thing, because uh, if... It's like you, it was a different first. It was a shooter, shooter, but it also had elements uh, with you know your uh, your RPG elements, upgrading your right with building and stuff, stuff and, and it had an excellent story. So technically, it was a first person shooter, but it, you know I would classify it in other genres other than just shooter, and that's what I feel like is cornering the market a lot now. Is just shooter, shooter, shooter with no real. Nothing new really to add to the formula. It's just kind of the same thing we've been playing for years now. So I guess like enough about like my complaints and our complaints about <laughs> Call of Duty and Battlefield and Halo. But like, what's what's new about this Black Ops Three that's going to be coming? They out? They haven't announced anything. They just announced that it's it's happening, coming out. Um, everybody was kind of wondering what the next Call of Duty would be, mm-hmm. whether it would, you know, stick to going in the future. Because at this point, with Advanced Warfare, um, we're pretty far into the future as yeah. far as, uh, you know, where Modern Warfare kind of took place in today's time. You know, Advanced War, which was the last one, that Advanced Warfare, the one that came mm-hmm. out uh, just this last year, uh, is like 50, 60, 70 years in the future mm-hmm. from today's date, which is why they have exosuits and they're flying around and everything. Um, but I think everybody was just kind of concerned. Where do we go from here? I mean, we're already this far into the future. Do we, are we going to go into like the next century, you know, and it's, you can only predict so much technology. I think of yeah. like, you know, the fifties and how everybody thought, you know, today would be in flying cars and yeah. hoverboards and power so, laces. So it's like, you know, look. Look how much of a fool Call of Duty could look <laughs> in 60 years when we don't have exosuits yet. Um, but, you know, everyone, I think, uh, technically the Black Ops uh, games take place in the future. Yeah. But there was also flashbacks to kind of like a, you know, Vietnam-y kind of uh, well, cause, uh to it. I know, um, what was it? Black Ops Two was it Black Ops Two that was taking that took place during Vietnam, didn't it? Either that or the first one, but that's what I'm saying. Like there was like you know pullbacks to that. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what what happens because technically the first one had um, what's his face Mason, right? Yeah. I think that was his name. And then the second one was his son. You like follow his son's okay, story. So the first one was Vietnam, and then the second one was okay. Right, yeah, right. now now I'm kind of now it's coming back. Um, so the third one, I mean, are we going to see the second guy's kid, or you know, like I, they're supposed to announce more stuff 
in May. Mm-hmm. Sometime soon. Sometimes the next couple of months are going to do like a unveil of essentially you know how Nintendo does a direct where yeah. they're like, yeah, look, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what they're doing. Like okay. an official Call of Duty announcement that's going to have a trailer and maybe some gameplay and stuff like that. So they're so. going to have their own separate uh, like press conference, essentially. Right, right. And not, this is like separate from something they do at E3. It's yeah. just something. That's been the trend lately, though. Because there, there was a, another company that did it just, I feel like it was only a few months ago, but I can't exactly remember when. Um I think it was when Rev Three was still around, right, right. Um, which Rev Three is you know no longer around anymore, unfortunately. But they uh, they covered an external uh, press conference a while ago, and um, so I think that's kind of going to be a new thing. And it's not to say that E Three is going to go away, but like I, I'm going to expect it's, it's, a lot. It's that, a good a thing. I, I prefer getting little, you know, because. With the Nintendo Directs, they kind of get all the information. They don't have any announcements outside of E3 or these Nintendo Directs. And with these Directs, they kind of get all this little information, which they could have released separately, but they kind of make a big deal about it. Yeah. So they announce, like, uh, so Super Smash Brothers, they have the Mew 2 DLC coming out, so they announced the date of that. They announced, uh, you know, Lucas coming out next month. Yeah. They announced. Uh, I didn't hear about the Lucas one. That's pretty good. Pretty excited about they that uh, announced more Splatoon uh, details, uh, Mario Kart DLC date. So all this stuff that easily could have just been like, oh, this is coming out this day. They are kind of making a little, you know, putting all their information together and just giving it out to everybody in kind of a bigger deal. It'd be kind of nice to see that with other companies. So I wouldn't mind seeing Microsoft or Sony do something like that where they're like, okay, you know, this DLC is coming out for this game is coming out on this day. And they kind of make like a big deal about it instead of just yeah. like a Twitter post like, oh, Gears of War DLC is coming yeah. out X day or, you know. I, I imagine I imagine that's like doing stuff like this is for the instance where they have something big on their hands, but they know they can't get it to E3 in time. So... Or that the most they have for E3 is just a teaser or like a flash of a logo or something. Well, like I said, I, th- I think they should definitely still hold on to their uh, big announcements and stuff like that for E3. E3's that pinnacle of yeah. gaming unveiling and everybody going crazy. And you don't want to take away from that. But little, but little sometimes announcements, things, you, yeah. can, you can kind of bundle up together and make it into a bigger deal to where people, in my opinion, will care more to... Uh, watch a Xbox Direct kind of a thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to Xbox being like, oh, the DLC for this game is coming out on this day, just, you know, on a Facebook or Twitter post. I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of, uh, of more so an announcement instead of just... Because I think, like, a lot of it has to, like, a lot of the hype has to deal with the spectacle they put around it. Right. So, like, if you don't put the spectacle around it, like, you're not going to really get a lot of excitement out of it. Because I remember with Evolve, like, I was so excited when I first saw it for anything for Evolve because, like, they just put, like, this whole big thing around it at E3. And it just was, it looked amazing. And um, it plays amazing, too. But, uh like I, I can't, I can't imagine really being too thrilled on it outside of that context. Just by get, just by you know a trailer showing up on my dashboard and I when I'm watching it. I mean I, the the trailer is pretty cool and it's and it's very flashy and very great. It's right, just but that. like imagine if along with that you got a whole bunch of other news. I mean with maybe with Evolve it's a little different because it's multi-platform, mm-hmm. but Xbox uh, currently has exclusive maps. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which will eventually release on other consoles. But you know, you kind of take to an Xbox Direct on that, and you're like, unveil these new maps for Evolve, and you know all your other stuff. And mm-hmm. it just it makes it creates more hype around it. Exactly, like you said, it just it all depends on how you present it, and mm-hmm. people will react to that. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, definitely. In a little bit when we see their announcement and uh, unveiling of it. Because it was just like a weird trailer where obviously it was Black Ops 3, but they didn't say Black Ops 3 or anything. And then I believe Activision took to their Twitter account and said, Congratulations to, uh, I forget the. Uh, company that's making black ops 3 but they were like congratulations to them for you know uh with their uh, black ops 3 announcement essentially so it was official so first for about like an hour or two i believe it was kind of oh this is definitely black ops 3 but they haven't said for sure black ops 3 yeah but then you know twitter kind of confirmed that so that's you know cool um, I know you had mentioned that the uh, Mad Max trailer, yeah, um, the official, the official Mad Max trailer, trailer, despite the billions of, of teaser trailers <laughs> that, that they were releasing, seen. but the official one is um, came out. And let me ask you, when is that supposed to come out? Um, it comes out in May, May twenty second. So kind of soon. I it's soon. within a month or two. Being yeah, soon. It, it, it's within. It's within May. I can't remember exactly what day. I know it's like twenty something, but it, it's it looks amazing, and it's just like, it's uh from the looks of it, it's not like a direct sequel to Beyond Thunderdome. It's uh, looks like the time in between uh, Road Warrior and uh, and Thunderdome. So. Because uh, you know Tom Hardy's playing a younger a younger version of uh, Mad Max, right? And it looks it looks amazing. It's like the uh, the trailer is just super you know kinetic and high octane. It's insane. What you'd expect to see from a Mad Max? Yeah, trailer. especially a modern Mad Max. Right. And like what's really cool is that George Miller, the guy who originally came up with Mad Max, is the guy you know. I believe he's he's I'm not sure if he's producing or directing or both because like I, I'm just kinda like gobbing over the trailers and um, I just kinda just kinda keep scrounging around for plot details but I can't find any plot details anywhere right, in the movie. Right. But um but you know George Miller is involved with it and he is you know the OG guy from the original movies and uh, just to kinda see like this vision from the original dude, uh you know, brought to life in the modern age, to see it be this next level craziness is pretty cool, especially since like a lot of it's been practical effects in the film. Yeah, and I feel like practical effects are kind of coming back. You know, I feel like CGI is is cheap. It's very inexpensive as far as you know. Yeah, I mean it's, it's still super expensive and movie wise, but it's right, a lot. But, it's but a lot it's, easier to do, and it's a lot cheaper to do than having like a big rig explode in the middle right. of a town. You know, but it it also kind of takes away from that magic of movies because it's pretty even with advances and as far as we've come with CGI nowadays, it's not completely great it's not it's not 100 immersive as right we, as we'd expect it to be and also the fact that like the one bad thing with cgi in my opinion because like there are some great movies that have a lot of cgi in them it's just that 
they have a shelf life. You know, um, it, and it's too expensive for a studio to go back into a movie and then, you know, clean it up and, you know, redo the CGI. Yeah. And then re-release a Blu-ray down the line. It's going to cost too much money to do, um, to do that every single time, you know, uh, technology advances. So, like, if you look at the first Harry Potter movie, and when did the first Harry Potter movie come out? Like, 2001 or so? Yeah. A little uh, bit. Definitely early 2000s. Um, um, the CGI in it looks so cartoonish, and just kind of like you can easily spot out where the uh, you know where the CGI parts are at. Right. And then, but then you compare that to the last movie, uh, you know, the second half of the last movie, yeah. and the effects look a lot better. The effects are definitely better, mm-hmm. but you know, at the same time, it just that you're in right, like just, five years, it, you're going to see it in the film. Yeah, definitely. It, it dates it. It dates it pretty. But bad. at the same time, I think back on a movie like Jurassic Park and. Jurassic Park was one of the first very big movies to mm-hmm. use CGI, but I believe there is, uh, they say it's like 12 minutes of dinosaurs. Like, if you cut all the scenes that have dinosaurs, there's like a total of 12 minutes yeah. of film, and only like two or three of those minutes are CGI. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, and like. They knew what they were doing. Exactly. You look at that movie today, and. Of course, it's dated because of the older yeah. movie, but it's not as obvious when you see, you know, some scenes. So, like, you know, anything with, like, the raptors in the, you know, kitchen and shit, like, that looks, uh, that looks nice. And, you know, yeah. and, and it's... I think especially the, since some of, some of them were puppets as well. Right. Know? So, practical effects mixed with the CGI worked out in their favor. Right. And definitely, that's, you know, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, they say that uh, using practical effects and then adding CGI on top of that uh, really helps with you know how natural yeah. something might look. That's how John Favreau did the first uh, the first Iron Man movie. He uh, mixed practical and and uh, CGI, and it looked right. And yeah, but they, in in some movies don't do that. Transformers. Transformers is essentially <laughs> yeah. you know a giant plug. It's for a cartoon, CGI, but it's just so weird because in some situations. Like, you'll have, uh, let's say, one of the Transformers, like, step down onto a street, and a car will go flying, a CGI car will go flying, but everything around it stays the same, so, like, you know, a tree isn't moving with the, clearly the effect or blast that's going on, it just kind of stands there, and it just kind of almost takes away from being able to immerse yourself in a situation yeah. like that. It's like what they rely on with those movies that you're just kind of eyeballing this, uh, you know, this frenzy of movement, you know, from, you know, these giant robots that are fighting in, you know, the middle of the city. But, you know, of course, when they're fighting, it's just kind of like looks like two giant hunks of metal rolling around with each other. Yeah. And like, once again, like, you know, given some time, those movies are not going to look that great anymore. Yeah. Um, like, I'm sure we can go back and look at the first Transformers movie and be like, God, this is, this is bad. Yeah. And the fact that they rely so much on that CGI and it dates that movie so much quicker than it should. Yeah. So like, I mean like, I like movies with CGI, like animated movies with CGI. And I like, like there are definitely some certain points where, you know, it's unavoidable and you can, you you know, you're not going to be able to destroy, you know, half a city like in, you know, man of steel and, you know, have to be practical as horrible as that movie was. Right, but you know, that's a movie that uh, 20 years ago 
you wouldn't have been able to make that movie. Yeah. Not the same that it was like you'd have to pick and choose your shots. You would have to definitely with, use some camera magic for that. Right. Because it, with CGI, it's just like I can make these fake buildings and I can make them explode and collapse and all this stuff. And then, you know, if you used all practical effects for that, you'd have to make a small miniature of a city. Or then that's really the only way you can do it. Just yeah. making a small miniature of the city and kind of hoping that things don't go wrong where you need to reset it. Or like go off to a sound sound stage and, you know, build a portion of the set and just have it be, you know, really confined to that one portion of right. the set. Which kind of, like, which gets boring even though it gives that authenticity to it. it just gets it gets boring because you know you like if you see like a certain section of a destroyed city, man, I kinda wanna know what the rest of that destroyed city looks like. I wanna see the, the extent of what happened. Yeah, so I mean in, I don't know. It, it's kind of uh Definitely situational. So in some situations, you should definitely use more practical effects. Like you look at the Star Wars trailer, and you look at or you know the one that they've announced. This mm-hmm. is we're recording this prior to uh, the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. the second Avengers movie, where they're supposed to have the second trailer yep. for uh, Star Wars um, and at Star Wars Celebration, which I'll be at next week. Um, but they're supposed to show the trailer there mm-hmm. and a couple other things. But with that first trailer, like that little soccer ball droid yeah. practical effect so it cool. was an actual you know thing that you can go and you know Mark Hamill was like yeah just play, stay on set and play with the freaking this ball can be droid. like the best like, you know, ever but like that's so it's nice to see things that don't need to be CGI'd yeah um, just don't do it I mean obviously with the city being destroyed you gotta CGI that yeah but with something like a like a little essentially RC car that you can make yep. why not just spend the time and make it with a yeah. costume that you can kind of figure out make the costume and film on location as opposed to setting someone up in a green screen to and like a you know bodysuit and like Green Lantern yeah so just <laughs> with certain things it just makes it don't use it if you don't have to pretty much in certain situations it's necessary but you know, it, yeah. I'm glad to see that they're going for more of that practical yeah. effect in uh, in Mad Max and you know in, in Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody going into the Phantom Menace was a little disappointed that everything was just so CGI yep. and it didn't feel authentic. Whereas you know the original trilogy. You have Yoda and Yoda's a, a puppet, a mm-hmm. puppet exactly, and it. it and like the only things that they had to generate the computer were the laser blasts. Yeah. And the way they came up with the sound for the laser blast is that they cut open a piece of wire and they hit it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, and they made a, they found a practical way to make the noises for something that doesn't exist, as opposed to just kind of going into a synthesizer or a mixer and kind of messing with noises until you kind of come up with exactly. something. Um, but that's you know. Really, there's there's not a lot we can cover because you gotta get yeah, going yeah. in a bit here. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much the big news, I think. Yeah, just within this last movie week wise, because so. that's that's like the next big movie to come out right now. Is well, Avengers is coming out next week. Is it next week? I, I think thought it was so. later in the month. Oh I mean, no, they're early May, huh? Yeah, but like pretty much, like I think though that like, like everyone's talked about the Avengers today. Yeah, I mean it's, it's at that point where it's like yeah, it's, we're like right before it comes out, so yeah, you know, there's no sense in talking about it because we're like by the time you know everything's all said and done, we're gonna end up seeing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
other than that, I guess we just have some opinion things we can talk about real quick. I wanted to ask you, Joey, and because mainly because I already know the answer to this, <laughs> but I want to ask you, what is your biggest gaming disappointment? Well, and, you know, this is uh, really anywhere since you've been playing video games. Any yeah. kind of like disappointment, anything that was overhyped and didn't deliver, anything that looked a lot nicer in a trailer, but... Well, you know, game looked nothing like the trailer. There, there, there's definitely like some that definitely stick out in my mind. Like I'm like I'm gonna avoid the the obvious ones that you already know of for right now. But um, uh, when the, during the first Xbox, uh, they announced uh, two movies were get, two classic movies were getting get made into games, which is kind of a red flag. Um, but you know, a lot of critics are saying like a lot of critics got their hands on the early demos of it, and they were saying, oh, this is amazing. Amazing. This is great. This is so much fun. This is so cool. In depth, blah 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 blah. And uh, turns out that they were making uh, Scarface and The Godfather into games. And essentially, what they ended up turning out to be, other than these kind of new um, sandboxy games, they just turn out to be GTA clones. One set in the '80s with Cuban, and then the other set in New York City in the '50s with you know in the '40s with an Italian dude. Yeah. With a nameless Italian dude that's supposed to be your avatar that you're supposed to climb through. The ranks and like you go through certain story elements of, of the movie and like it kind of gets stupid and boring because you just go like well why don't I just watch the movie yeah and it's it's kind of like in those situations especially in a situation where a reviewer or a critic is overhyping this game yeah it, it doesn't look good for that reviewer because you think to yourself, okay, this game came out, they played this, and they thought it was really well, or it was really good, but it wasn't good at all. Yeah. So it just makes you think, or like these uh, companies, or they like paying these people off, or you know, paying for good reviews, only sending the copies out to you know people who. Uh, yeah. Who would give them good reviews? Because like, there, there is a bit of an exception to that one because when Scarface came out, uh, Xbox Magazine and I think Game Informer were like talking about, oh yeah, this game's so cool, and they were get they're giving it like a glowing review from just from the demo. But then when the game actually came out and they got their hands on it, they were like, yeah, so we're sorry about that, but we were wrong because yeah, it, you know, and and at least they took the time to admit that and you know go from there. But it just kind of. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it can be a little deceitful. Yeah. Um, but, like, other games that I know were pretty horrible that were kind of hyped up to be the next big thing was Brink and Dead Island. And you know what? I, I know you... I The second I thought of this question, I knew you were going to say Brink <laughs> because, you know what? I, I really liked all the ideas that Brink had. Well, I like it as a coaster. Parkour, you know, kind of like, you know, multiplayer story mode. Uh, it all seemed like it would work out very well, but it was just, when it came out, it was just bugged with so much, like, lag, and just, like, there was just general bugs, and it just, yep. it wasn't as interesting as I hyped it out to be. No, um, yeah, the story was little to non-existent. Yeah. And, like, they were kind of hyping up their, their their story element being multiplayer, but it was just, like, it's just a boring-ass game, and, like, ugh, it's just so sad. Yeah, and I mean, I... Th- 
think later on they did fix it, but at that point, you already have so many reviews that say, don't play this game. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, you look at uh, the new Assassin's Creed that came out, Assassin's Creed Unity, where it was broken almost completely for like a month, month and a half, and everybody was like, no, don't, you know, get this game. To the point to where even Ubisoft was, um, they said, oh, if you bought the game, uh, we're giving you the first piece of DLC for free, and they're like, if you bought a season pass, we're going to give you a free game. Yep. And, you know, that kind of made up for it and might have, like, soured, or, you know, made up for that sour taste they left in people's mouths. And, and they, when they gave the games out, it was decent games, yeah. like the new Far Cry or, you know, yeah. a couple other games like that. But And they made up for it, but at the same time, it just kind of leaves that sour taste in your mouth yeah. for games in general. If you thought, like, oh, maybe I want to pick this up, and you play it and it's broken, you're just going to be like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. Um, and you... You know, if you bought a physical copy of the game, you can go to GameStop, trade it in. You're not going to pick it up again. No. And they might patch it, you know, later, and it might be not broken. But at that point, you've already lost so much fan base behind it. At that point, it's just like, I I wasted my time on this shit when I could have been playing at least something halfway decent. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying. And then, like, to kind of compound on the whole Assassin's Creed thing, I'm, I'm not sure if you had the same experience with Assassin's Creed 3 that I had. But, like, I stopped playing it, like, not even halfway through just because the story was just so plotting and boring. And, like, there's just so much to do. Like, I mean, like, I get the whole freedom thing of a sandbox game, but, like, there was just way too much to, like, to get at. Before. Like, the, the I didn't feel like I was making any progress. The problem is these games play to people like me, and I'm a completionist when it comes to game. Uh, growing up playing Nintendo games, I was just brought up, like, you need to get and find all the secret things, and you need to play this game to the fullest. Like with Mario 64, it's like, collect all the stars, and then you can see Yoshi at the very end. And it's like, <laughs> it, these games play at these, like, faults that I have, and, you know, the need that I have to complete games. And with a game like Assassin's Creed, you have so many markers filling up your mini-map of, like, you know, collectibles you need to yep. find, and, like, quests you can do. It just... It's almost overwhelming. I don't think we not want to play a game when yeah. I see that. Yeah, I, I didn't make me want to play it, finish that game at all. It's still sitting there and just, like, not getting be touched. Like, and, like, other than that, like, it's hard to remember, like, all the disappointments I ever had with the game. Cause you mentioned Dead Island. Um, Dead Island was not the game that everybody expects it to be. I think it, in its own respect, if I hadn't seen any trailers and just picked it up, I think I might you know, like Probably, it more yeah. than I did. But I think that uh, super crazy trailer that they had out and everything, it just... Um, it wasn't the game that people expected. That's for sure. Yeah, it was. It was definitely being. It seemed like the like the trailer definitely made it out to be something a lot more intense and a lot more exciting than it was. But like, it just kind of turned into a bit of a grind fest. Yeah. Because like, it's like, well, I'm gonna kill these, you know, ten other zombies to level up, and then it's like, well, I, if I go here now, I'm just gonna get destroyed by these fast moving zombies. So I gotta go back over here where all the zombies are low level and kill a bunch of them before I can level up and get back over there. Yeah, and I think um, Dead Island came out, and they came out with uh, Dead Island Riptide. And, you know, they came out with a couple other games where they kind of fixed the certain things that were wrong. Um, Recently, the same uh, development company came out with uh, Dying Light. 
Yeah. Which everybody kind of was like, oh, this is just like a rehashed uh, Dead Island. But it's actually supposed to be a lot better as far as, you know, those elements that they wanted to implement, they finally did them right in Dying Light. Yeah, that was like the first instinct I had when I saw Dying Light because I was going, because I was kind of looking at it and they couldn't quite decipher what it was until I saw zombies and parkour and I thought, they didn't, I thought we had this game already, but yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm proven wrong. I like to be proven wrong when it comes to games because I would like to have more fun games, just more fun, good games. But you know, sometimes you just can't get everything though. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, and especially you're seeing this now with the age of like Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, games will hype something like Earthworm Jim. Not Earthwind Jim, uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Just had a Kickstarter and I believe they got funded. But, you know, they, they're planning all these things and it's like, will they actually deliver on it? I think so because they have the original um, creator behind it. So, because the, that's the guy who's going to try and do it again. Because if I remember correctly, he didn't have his hands in the uh, like the sequel that came out. Right. On the next generation platforms after the Genesis and everything else. Yeah. So, uh, I have a feeling that. There's uh, there's definitely going to be some good there. At least I hope there should be some good there. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see the state of the union of games soon. I mean we'll we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I believe you got to get going. Yep. Um, but I mean this is this has kind of been a test run for us. Uh, I'm definitely going to kind of look at this and upload it and try and build on our podcasting game from where it was at. Uh, what was it, like two years ago? It feels like it. Yeah, definitely years ago that we uh, we last recorded something. But um, we are going to sign off. Uh, this has been uh, Johnny, Jonathan. I, it's weird because I kind of go by... You Both. would call me Johnny, but yeah. like my girlfriend calls me Jonathan. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like after high school, I kind of just left that one name behind so you can kind of tell how long I've known people to yeah. know what they call me. <laughs> exactly. Um, kind of same with me too because I kind of go by two different names for work and other and school yeah. and stuff. So. Well, uh, we are going to sign off. Uh, we're going to try and record next week. Um, we can try. Maybe the week after that. Um, Probably the week after that because definitely then Chop can definitely join yeah, us afterwards. Yeah, and I'm trying to make sure that he's not bailing on us. Um, yeah, we're going to sign off and uh, I guess keep an eye open because we are going to hopefully come back with a vengeance. I hope so. And hopefully we can get those couple listeners back from Germany and <laughs> Russia. And Korea. Yeah. Can't forget about the Koreans. Yeah. All right. Well, this is us signing off. Bye. Bye.